All right. Hi, everybody. Thank you for taking your time out of your busy, busy day. Um, again, my name is Chris Rivera, Director of Client Relations with Integrity, and we are on episode 20 of hashtag BKOT, how to build a kick-ass offshore team. And very excited with a special guest today of BadeauConsulting.com, Ms. Jacqueline Badeau. Um, we are very excited to talk about emotional intelligence today. And, uh, but first we wanna get to know a little bit about your background. So Jacqueline, again, thank you for joining us today. Very excited. Um, Building leadership skills with emotional intelligence is what we'll be talking about. Uh, but tell us your story. It's a really good story of, of how you got into your own, uh, built your own company. So go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm very appreciative of um, you reaching out to do the podcast and excited to be with all you guys today. Yeah, I would say my story, if I just had to say a little one-liner, I would say I'm not your typical CPA. <laughs> Um, so a little bit like more about my background. So um, I started off in public accounting. So I am a CPA. I have my CGMA also. Um, so did the public accounting route like a lot of people may choose to do. Did some audit, did some tax, a little bit of consulting work, love working with my clients in lots of different industries. Loving, I love building those relationships with people. Um, when I was in public accounting, I also led our training department and our audit practice and coached people, did some speaking engagements. Um, so then, you know, you'll already start seeing where I'm gravitating toward like this training, consulting, coaching kind of thing. Um, then I decided that it was time to go to business and industry. I wanted to learn a little bit more about how a company operated. I wanted to really develop those type of um, skills at a deeper level. So I went to a public company that's headquartered here in Kentucky. That's that's where I live in Kentucky. And a manufacturing company, e-commerce, uh, retail store. So it was great. It was a great experience. I was almost there for about nine years, was in four different roles within that company, did some controllership roles. Um, my last role before I left was the head of our global internal audit practice. So got to travel around the world to lots of our locations, meeting our employees and doing some training. Um, while I was at that company, we also started initiatives of training our managers and really instilling leadership competencies. And so I became a certified facilitator through that process with the third party we use to provide the materials for training. And I love doing that because we started it off in our U.S. Um, operations and I got to meet so many people at a, our plants and at our headquarters. Um, so I got to lead, do leadership training and do lots of coaching with all different types of people. Um, so I always was also coaching people at the same time, doing all these different CPA roles. And so earlier this year, um, it was time I've been thinking about for a while to start my own company and it just worked out. So Earlier this year, I started Bedo Consulting, as you said, and what I do now, uh, full-time, is coaching and training and different consulting and speaking engagements in that leadership space, and as Chris, as you mentioned, yeah, I'm also certified in emotional intelligence, which is what we're going to chat about today, um, so I may say EQ or EI, or that's all kind of interchangeable, 
But um, I love talking about EQ. It's always been a base of how I've coached people over my career. Um, lots of trainings I've done, you know, in the EQ space. So I just love talking about it. So thanks again for having me. Yes, of course. See, see everybody, it's a great story there. And yeah, you're, you're not the typical CPA. Um, this is, this is a, I've, I've brought to the, to our audience, many, many different topics. I love the uniqueness about it, not just, you know, the general accounting, bookkeeping, tax, things like that, but outside the box, because it's very important to learn and become an overall, you know, CPA as an entrepreneur, which is very hard. Um, so to provide what, what, what you do is very important. So I have a couple of questions, right? We always hear about IQ and then we have EQ. Um, so there's a key difference. Um, and you, someone can be really, really, really smart, but I feel that if you don't have a high EQ, <laughs> you can't really pull it all together. Am I right? You are spot on. Actually, there's research, and this is one of the classes that I facilitate. I do some intro to EQ courses because there's a lot of misconceptions out there about it, where people are like, you know, I've heard that word or that buzz term, right? And they're like, but I don't really know what it means or how do I even use it, right? But specifically with EQ and IQ, so yeah, IQ, just some fun facts I like to say. Um, IQ peaks at the age of 17, which I think is just interesting to understand. EQ is something that you can build over your whole life. So EQ, when I think about that, those are like your leadership skills. And one of the things, just kind of what you said about, they can be very intelligent, but maybe they don't know how to really approach things the best. They aren't related. That There's research that proves that IQ and EQ aren't related. So there's no like inverse relationship or, or anything, but the, the big difference is you can develop EQ, not EQ. And EQ accounts for anywhere from like 27 to 45% of job success, no matter what field, what profession you're in. And interestingly enough, because a lot of people are like, well, you know, I'm smart and I could kind of relate it to the public accounting profession, the CPA profession, but IQ only accounts for about an average of 6% of job success. So like when you kind of, yeah, when you hear about it kind of like that, you're like, oh, well, maybe this is something I should really pay attention to. It's actually, again, the largest predictor of job success, of IQ, technical skills, you know, anything that you come up with, it's the largest one. So that's always a fun fact I like to share. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, 6%. Wow, that's really low. I didn't know that. Um, So. So you, so you, uh, as you're working with these um, companies and, and throughout your career, and you, you found yourself into this role, and so let's say you know you're in front of a bunch of controllers, directors, senior managers. Um, what's the uh, in the beginning? Is there a lot of pushback, or is everyone really receptive, or do they are they really engaged, or do they think they know everything? Like, what, what have you seen as, when you're having your initial meeting? Oh my goodness. So there's a mixed, a mixed approach for sure. It, it is so, you know, you really realize everyone are, you know, it's a very individual human being, if you really think about it. So I, I've come across the gamut of, you know, especially when you have those initial kind of EQ conversations. And that's one of the reasons why I do an intro to EQ class, because I want to like really put it out there, like, what is it really? 
And then let's just break it down. I'm really big into like breaking it down to where it just makes sense. And let's not use all these fancy jargon kind of things. Like what's it really mean? And like, let's do some specific things to where I can build those leadership skills to really help me be successful. And so that's what I love doing. But to answer your question, definitely a mixed approach or some people who think, oh, you know, I'm intelligent, kind of like the EQ, right? The, or the IQ people. I have a high IQ or I had really high grades in college or I have all these certifications. I have all these technical skills, right? And they're like, I don't need all that hocus pocus or whatever with the EQ stuff. And I love talking with people about that because then once I start breaking down like scenarios, I'm like, well, see, maybe you could have thought about approaching it like this. And once you start really going through that, they're like, oh, okay, I can see why this is important to help a, a person like um, have better relationships with their peers, their team members, if they're leading a team or their clients or with offshore teams, you know, helping have better connections with their full team, no matter where they are. I mean, EQ is especially important when you're working with people that aren't in the same building. And just think about that with the pandemic that we've just gone through, like there's such a decrease of people working shoulder to shoulder beside each other. So man, EQ is even more important now than it ever has been. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, and, and yeah, I, you're, you said what I was kind of thinking, the kind of approach, oh, yeah, I, I, I got IQ, I got EQ, I got all the whatever cues and I mean, it's it's completely different. Uh, for example, I had a call with a client um, last week, week or two ago, and uh, our company presents uh, software requisites that are uh, that we could source for. So the uh, the client doesn't have to spend time training. And the client literally said, uh, "I don't care what certifications they have. I want five years of experience." You know, so someone could be you know, fully certified and have all the uh, certifications in place. And it's like, so what have you done so far? This is my first day, my first time looking for work, my first my first time using it. And, and it's like, and it's totally different. It's totally different as, as far as being certified and the experience with it and dealing with real life situations. Um, so I, I definitely got a good laugh out of that. I said, okay, noted for you, because yeah. there is a big difference. Um, yeah. So when when you're working with um, uh, and, and doing an introduction and, and a training class, um, do, do you do a lot of like a role play scenarios? Yeah. So it depends on the length of the, the class, of course, okay. and how much time we have and what kind of format we use. But so I have like a one hour course where I do lots of interaction. Um, so I'm kind of going, I want to like really introduce the model of the EQ and go into the definition, which is probably, I should probably jump into like what the definition is just in case we have anyone that's like, okay, sounds cool, but no, what is it? <laughs> because that's what I kind of do is I start with, you know, EQ, there's, you know, there's a technical definition, but how I really break it down is, so it's all about leadership skills. So that's, I say that because people are like, okay, leadership skills. Okay, cool. I get it. And then it's all about kind of understanding your emotions, understand how that affects you, how it affects others, how you can express it constructively, how you build interpersonal relationships, like all the people skills that we all are required to have. Um, how do you make more effective decisions? 
how do you manage um, and tolerate stress and be resilient, especially in times like that, like, like what we're going through now? Um, that's all of what EQ is. And I describe it kind of like a roadmap. So, you know, back in the day when we had paper roadmaps <laughs> or think about like you're using your apps like Waze or Google Maps or something, and you're trying to get from point A to point B and you're trying to get there the most effective, efficient way, right? That's kind of what EQ is to me. If you understand more of those skills and understand how much you use those skills and you understand how to get them better, you can more effectively get from point A to point B and wherever you're going, whether that's a career goal or a company goal, because you're trying to develop these certain leadership skills to really help you stand out. And I wrote an article recently about like how to give you a competitive edge, like EQ can give you that competitive edge. If you're a firm, there's a lot of things that help you get a competitive edge, even like services like offshoring. And we can talk about that later, but you know, that is uh, EQ in a nutshell of how I'll describe it. So like in a one hour course, I'm trying to make sure you really understand what EQ is. And I give a really high level overview of some of the leadership skills. And I'm really big on, I want to give you some tips. Like I like when people are able to have a training where they're not bored, they don't feel like they're wasting their time and they can actually like apply something that they learn right after the session. And so in a very brief one hour session, I'll give you some tips like, okay, here's your self-assignment. If you think about this or do that, it can help you um, increase your empathy or your interpersonal relationships. You know, I'll give you some tips like that. In longer courses, we do exactly what you were saying. Um, I've taught so many different courses where we do a ton of role play because, and lots of times we want to have people bring them into the actual session, think about some scenarios ahead of time. So that way they can work on them as they're going through courses. And then they walk out with like, they're already done with that big issue they thought was something they didn't know how to tackle. And they just learned how to tackle it and they worked on it and they can go apply it. So it all, it all depends on the link, but I love doing role play, lots of interactiveness, lots of chat, especially in the virtual environment, lots of chats or virtual group breakout type of things. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it, it's important um, to do the role play because you could talk about it, you could interact, but unless you actually try it out, and it's nerve wracking for sure. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm very comfortable. I, I could speak in front of 10,000 people. I mean, I'd be nervous. You're always nervous, but I feel comfortable doing it. But a lot of people are just absolutely terrified. And so you have to have you know, that type of mindset and the confidence in doing it. But the, um, the role play is so key because if you just uh, if you're just thinking in your head or, or practicing it, you know, it, it, it may or may not work, but if you actually do it in a situation, even though it's not real, it's very important. Then you get an understanding of like, wow, especially uh, I would think like body language. I mean, I could easily just be like this right now, right? And be like, oh, great, tell us more. <laughs> awesome. Wow, that's so, I mean, body language is, <laughs> body language is, is key, right? Do, do you find that, um, uh, are people aware of their body language at all or unaware or what it, have you found? Mixed approach, right? We're all individual human beings, but that's a big part of kind of understanding your emotions and your impact on others is reading the nonverbal things like the, the, and even like listening to the tone of the voice and the body language and 
those type of things. And so like when I break down EQ and coaching or in training, sometimes we talk about like different cues, like, you know, how do you know if uh, you've expressed something the way you intended to? And you can go, well, I know if I messed it up because the other person the other day crossed their arms and looked like they were mad at me, right? And so, and it's also like, okay, um, emotional expression is a leadership skill within EQ. And that's all about the, how you express all your emotions, like the gamut, there's a bazillion emotions. And, and then body language is a huge part of that because you may be so excited about something, but if you're like, I'm so excited. <laughs> and then you're like, I wonder why no one got hyped about that. You know, we did a really good job, you know, delivering results for the quarter and blah, blah, blah. We closed the books and that was fantastic. Well, maybe because you didn't express yourself effectively because your words were saying it, but your tone wasn't your, your facials, your hands or whatever, you know, your, your whole body language should not um, convey what you had intended. And that's a lot of, uh, about emotional intelligence as well. Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. The guys did a really good job. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a, everybody's great. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it means a lot. Or if somebody's like always loud and brass and saying, yes, great job. Or like horrible job. It's like, wait, it, it, it means a lot. And um, I find too that uh, sometimes people try to manage um, everybody the same way, right? So this is how I manage, and they have a you know a staff of uh, ten, let's say, and so they they manage everybody the same way, and they're you know that works, that's it, you know. I I find that to be completely different because in order to get the most out of your team, you have to um, manage each. Of, there's ten people. There's ten different ways you got to manage. Obviously, we're having a meeting you get your point across, but there's 10 different people, there's 10 different emotions. Um, mm -hmm. Do you find that you know, people are understanding that or are they are managing a certain way or what have you seen? Yeah, I mean, that's a huge topic in all kinds of leadership training sessions that I've facilitated. And sometimes, you know, people are recognizing exactly what you said, you've hit it now on the head you know, Billy and Sally and Jill, I use those as interchangeable just names. Those people are three different kinds of people, right? And so, yeah, you need to manage them or what I like to say, lead them because a manager is one thing and a leader is another thing. So you want to lead them okay. in different ways. And, and even like in the, when you relate it to EQ, you go, okay, well then tell me how that's EQ. Well, that's a leadership skill of like building your relationships also. And one of the things of, you know, if you really want to, keep on continuing to build like your interpersonal relationships. Think about if you're leading a team and, you know, one of the things that you may hear to do is like, you know, we need to celebrate our successes and recognize the people for their contributions. But a very, and I've taught this so many times, a very easy tip, not e I don't, don't want to say easy because it could be hard. You got to work on it, but a very thing, uh, something you can do to really even be more effective at recognizing people and building that relationship is knowing how people want to be recognized. Not everyone wants to be put on a podium at the annual company event and That's confetti right. comes down over their head because <laughs> they, you know, they closed the books or had this percent accuracy in the audit world or tax deadlines or matter whatever. Some people may like that. Some right. people may be motivated for days off or 
um, you know, a monetary thing. You've got to really understand each person to your point and how do they like to be led? How do you build that relationship? So how do you recognize them? How do you celebrate their successes in ways that they want and they appreciate? So that, that's a huge thing that we talk about a lot and definitely a mixed approach because it's like, well, I pulled everyone together and I said how Bob did such a great job. And I'm like, did Bob also curl up under his desk and hide afterwards because he was embarrassed? Bob Some quit. Don't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's uh, um, spot on. I, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, you, they may be, they may like literally faint because they weren't expecting this. And, and it's true. And it, um, you, you have to, so in, if you're doing something celebratory like that you and you have, you know, uh, a, a good EQ and understanding, you'll know how to celebrate. Yeah, maybe it's a quiet meeting. Hey, just want to let, you know, Bob, good job. Rather than put the spotlight on and balloons come out and there's a parade. And it, it, it just, it'll, it'll, doing these little things will go so much further for your team than a lot of people realize. Uh, doing mm -hmm. all the little things can be so much bigger than um, um, uh, recon recognizing um, uh, something that they did well. Absolutely. Um, and you know, one thing just to add on that is, I've, I have coached on this a lot, trained on this a lot, is also tell them why that you're recognizing them or giving them credit or, you know, because, you know, the first time that um, your boss or your leader or whatever comes around and says, great job, you know, maybe, oh, I'm excited. They told me great job or thank you for doing that. But the next time they say great job and then the next time they say great job, you're like, great job at what? Like you be very specific on what you're recognizing. So it's, you know, this the star feedback type of model. It's the situation, the task, the action and result. When you can frame feedback or recognition in a very specific way, that goes the extra mile by far because if you say great job great job thank you thank you and that's all you're you're just saying those words it doesn't really do much because they don't they're like oh they're just a little robot right they're just they were told that they have to thank their employees because that's what you're supposed to do as a manager and us and manager not leader you're supposed to do this as a manager and then but their employees aren't feeling the appreciation they're like well what i i I sent them a note and said, thank you. But did you tell them why you're thankful? Did you tell them why, why did they do a great job? Well, specifically a great job about what they did because they want to continue doing those behaviors, exercising those skills, right? So that's what it's all about. It's, it's a lot of communication, a lot of the people skills. It's a lot of having empathy, EQ, and helping solve problems collaboratively and being flexible, but being assertive when needed and having some independence where you can think of your own, but you know also when to bring in other people and collaborate. So that's all about EQ. And it so makes a difference when people actually practice those skills. <laughs> yes, yes, well said, well said. And so you you are a world traveler and, and so, you know, what, we're an offshore staffing company. So what, what have your, what have you been there, your thoughts or um, have you done some training as far as, you know, offshore staffing? Yeah. So uh, offshore, so I haven't been a part of a company where we have fully um, offshore something in my department. 
However, okay. I've considered doing that with departments and really utilizing those type of services. I would say, you know, something I know we talked about, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about offshoring, especially in the, you know, CPA public accounting space. And I think it's starting to where the, the model is becoming more um, to understand, oh, we can really get some good experts um, and have a, help us get a competitive edge within our firm and our practice and use an offshore model. So I think that it's a model where perhaps um, I haven't personally used it, but that I think that was starting to gain even more um, traction as you become more aware and educate yourself on it. It's just educating yourself the benefits. And I know there is even, um, I know you all specialize with public accounting firms, but a lot of companies, as you know, are considering that in their accounting practices or even their internal audit functions. That was something that there's a lot of people I know that are leaders of audit departments who they have a mixed uh, team approach of having some people in the United States and some in, in Europe and then they also offshore in some other countries. And, and they've been, um, that's been a proven successful model for them. So I guess my thoughts on, on that has been um, I have been like educating myself over the years and have seen some success stories with it. And um, I think, you know, people are just, you know, getting more awareness of the concept. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the, the, uh, in order to scale and grow, um, you got to have a local team, but you got to have an offshore team. You got to have complement both, right. In order to really take off. And I mean, that's why, the big four that's why all these large american fortune five or fortune 100 companies are all you know have offshore teams and even in india specifically simply because that's why they're behemoths right and then people like well how can i do that right and so that's where we come into play to help out and then you come into play to make sure that they're leading them the right way because they're also you can't manage the, the offshore team the same way your local team i mean it's a different culture it's all virtual so that's, that's a, a big, big difference right there. Yeah, and I think that sometimes, you know, people forget about that. And it can even, whether it's another country or even like another office location in the U.S., yeah. you know, it's it's understanding the culture. There's different cultures, not only for countries, but also in different offices. Even in your India locations, I'm sure you, there's some different like office cultures and, you know, different things that you need to be aware of, of how, and different people we're all there humans, is. right? How to leave I lived them, up there know. last year. There's yeah. a lot of differences. We could yeah. spend the whole afternoon. Don't worry. Exactly. Um, so yeah. to your point, yes, you've got to really understand each person and lead yeah. them differently. And it doesn't matter if it's if you're sitting shoulder to shoulder or you, you're sitting virtually across from them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to be winding down. Uh, this is awesome. You gave a lot of good input um, and, and really appreciate your time. Uh, do you have some uh, final thoughts for our audience today? I would just say learn about EQ. Learn how, you know, if you want to learn and grow. And I, and I always say that because not everyone, if, if you can believe it, wants to learn and grow or they think <laughs> that, oh, I'm good. I have the technical skills. That's why oh. I'm successful. And sometimes yeah. if you look through history of companies and professions, sometimes those companies do promote based on maybe they've been there and they've just, they technically can do things, but 
those people, even if they're the most senior people, usually aren't the aren't the leaders. They they may have a title that are typically leadership titles, but they aren't leaders. They're not looks at to to help give advice to help really grow a company in a really effective long term way. Um, you can always do something. I think the short term, um, and you can survive short term, and you can have a mentality where you know you have a very I'm just living to the next quarter type of mentality, but that typically isn't building a great culture, a bit, a great environment where people are committed and they feel invested in, and they feel like their, you know, their company or their leaders or their, you know, their, the peers care about each other. And if you really have a company to be successful, you want all those people to feel that way. I mean, not everything's rainbows and butterflies, But you really want people to have that culture. And it really starts with just some basic things of learn about emotional intelligence, how to be more empathetic, how to listen more. You have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Empathy, that's my biggest tip there. (laughs) But build those people skills, build your emotional awareness, learn how to express those effectively. It'll help you make better decisions. It'll help you tolerate and manage stress more effectively. And I guarantee you, it'll give you a competitive edge to stand out no matter what profession you're in. And if you're a firm, if you're a company, it'll really help take you to the next level. There's so much research that proves that. I have lots of case study examples. If anybody wants any more information, just reach out to me. Yes, absolutely. Uh, This is awesome. I wish we had another hour to speak. I I have to go speak with some clients now and use what I learned today. Make sure I'm not sitting there like this, talking to the client. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Be attent, be focused, engaged. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. So again, Jacqueline Bedell of BedellConsulting.com. Check her out, please. You'll learn so much. This is a very important skill set to have. Maybe smart, but you got to have that EQ as well. Uh, So this will conclude. Hashtag BKOT, uh, episode number 20. Jacqueline, thank you so much again. Um, The audience, thank you for joining. Everybody have a good rest of the week and weekend. All right. Thanks. Bye.